Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Week one, NFL is upon us. Uh, the excitement, the electricity in the air is absolutely incredible. Uh, we are less than 48 hours away from the first game. Uh, we have a full slate of 16 games to get through today. Uh, so many of them where I absolutely uh, can't wait to break down some of these angles and find, find some winning plays. Uh, we have been joined by among the greatest, if not the greatest, of oh, deep dive I'm guests. <laughs> of course, our, our, our spectacular, unparalleled, uh, superlative co-host Andy is with us as always uh, and with us to break down week one of the NFL season. Uh, gambling Twitter superstar, godfather of soccer handicapping and NFL aficionado, uh, Caleb Gehring. Welcome to the Deep Dive. What's going on, guys? How's it going? Oh, it's going so well. I it's going it's spectacular. It's 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 week one. It's week one. Everybody's ba- bankrolls are full across the country. Bankrolls are are full. <laughs> it's uh, there are bets to be made and football to be watched. This is as good as it gets. Um, are uh, Caleb? Uh, are you uh, especially excited for this NFL season for any particular reasons, or uh, or is this uh, you know you can kind of. Uh, uh, easier way into betting this season? Uh, as far as betting, I think I'm always excited. I, I'm always excited for the NFL season just because it's football. You know, everybody loves football. Who doesn't love football, right? It's like Christmas morning. You wake up week one of the NFL. You have a reason to get up early. You know, I mean, I mean it's, it's going to be another great NFL betting season. As far as am I excited for the season for a particular reason? I am because I think the future is bright for my team. Although, as we'll get into, I don't know how bright it'll be this year. But, yeah, I'm always excited for some NFL football. You're a Chiefs guy? I'm a huge Chiefs guy. You got your uh, Patty Mahomes uh, jersey already? Oh, man, I already got the Patrick Mahomes jersey. <laughs> you know, I already got the GOAT picture pressed in the front. <laughs> Good to go. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, okay, well, uh, I think pretty much, you know, if you if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, who are they talking to? I don't know. Well, first of all, I think you're lying because you have to know Caleb. He's been uh, a you're part of the community. Liar. You're lying. He's been a part of the community since there was a community. Uh, and, um, you know, um, I, it's not hard to say he's uh, provided probably the best free picks uh, across gambling Twitter over the course of the time I've known him. Uh, great to interact with. So uh, it is absolutely an honor to have you on here today for the week one deep dive. And um, could you give us a little bit of insight, like how you go about like approaching uh, handicapping uh, NFL for like a, like a given week. Uh, and then maybe we'll touch on kind of give our thoughts on how week one is different from that. Yeah, it is tough. We put you on the spot for the the first week. We, we asked somebody else this a different week, you know, they have, well, I'll look at, you know, what's going on and, you know, the situation, if the, you know, there's scheduling things with this one, it's, it's kind of the blank slate week one. So you are, uh, you're going to kind of be on the spot with this one. Yeah, no problem. It, it definitely is the toughest week, I would say, because you have no basis to go off of anything. You know, some people like to follow certain trends after, you know, a team comes off a bye week or a team comes off a Monday night where they're playing an early game on Sunday, something like that. Week one's a little tricky. Um, so I would say definitely look at the teams that are the healthiest 
and then look at the matchups as far as, you know, which team is good versus the pass on the run. You know, it's honestly week one is one of those weeks where I would say, keep it as simple as you can. Um, oh, I wouldn't necessarily say, I wouldn't say, you know, bet the squares plays, you know, um, you do have to keep in mind that it's week one. Some of these games on prime time, the road games, divisional games, you have to keep that in as a factor, but definitely keep it as simple as you can. I like that. Um, I would say for sure we will wake up on Monday morning and uh, there will be some reactions like, oh my God, can you believe that X beat X? Uh, or how in the world did Team X hang X points on Team Y? Like there will be surprises. Um, and- yeah, just go to, go to college football, for example. I mean, just after you get through that first week in college football and, and some of the the wild results you end up with and going back to last year and gosh, Caleb, can you think of a, can you think of like a week one game where I don't know, like maybe a heavy favorite went, went to the road and lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure there was an example. I'm, I'm searching. I, I, I can't really think of one. Uh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. Got, got a Patriots guy no and a Chiefs guy. I don't know if we can pick one. The worst part is I actually got suckered into that game and I bet the Patriots, um, I believe I put them in a parlay and they ended up getting absolutely destroyed. Yeah. So you and everybody though. Yeah. I was happy, but I was like, at the same time, man, I just lost some money. So I, I don't know how to feel about that. So that was a wild one. That one was crazy. And we and Whale and I looked up and down the card here, and we said, like, odds are there's going to be something like that, like something, oh, yeah. just, something just wacky. And it's, you, I mean, it could be anything. There, there's something that happened every year, yeah. and I don't know if it's going to be. We're going to be talking. Ryan Fitzpatrick should maybe remain the starter since they went down to New Orleans and beat him by 15. If you want to go in, that is is nuclear hot take. Nuclear hot take. I mean, there's going to be something just weird. Like, oh, Trubisky's real. They went to Lambeau and won. I mean, it's going to, it probably will be a home team. Like, but still, like, there's going to be some wild result we'll be talking about. And there'll be, there'll be some games that you bet or you leaned and they went the opposite way. Or maybe you should have bet them and you didn't. And there's going to be some regrets. There's going to be some regrets on Monday. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And so, like, week one, you know, I think we've hit a lot of key points, but it's not only is it especially hard because we've never seen most of these teams constituted playing 100% at full strength. Um, And that makes their, you know, that that means that there's a lot of uncertainty. We are speculating about a lot of uh, improvement or regression that uh, is kind of season long expectations are kind of built into these numbers. Uh, And that's one of the things I think is pretty important to kind of be wary of don't fall into the trap of using a season long expectation to influence a week one play. Um, just because a team you expect to be better this year is playing a team you expect to regress. Doesn't mean that there's value on that given play. Um, so you could really have to do a little bit more digging to try to find specific matchups that you think, uh, favor your side. Um, and, uh, and to make it even tougher, we're betting into markets that have been, you know, fully mature now for weeks. Uh, you know, these lines opened, a lot of these lines opened in, you know, May, June after the draft, uh, and, uh, people, you know, the sharp numbers, great example, sharp numbers on Atlanta, uh, they're long gone. Uh, if you're betting Atlanta now at plus two and a half, best of luck to you. 
Um, you know, there's, there's a number of examples like that where, you know, the, just because, you know, maybe here it is now a couple of days before, you know, week one comes around and you're finally ready to make some plays, uh, you know, you just have to, you can't necessarily chase bad numbers. And I think that gets people into a lot of, a lot of trouble this week. Um, that said, there's not an obvious opposite side of that. I mean, it's possible that, uh, you know, these numbers have moved for good reasons. Uh, and, um, you know, there's, you know, Denver is a great example. Like they've taken a lot of their, they've been very popular, uh, playing uh, a Seattle team heading up the elevation for the first time in years and years and years, a Seattle team that has lots of questions in their secondary. Um, that line's moved a lot. That doesn't mean stay away from it. I think there's, you know, there's potentially still some value in that. And we'll get to some of these points here, but I think just betting into a week one market, you have to recognize that, you know, a lot of the best numbers are gone. Uh, and, uh, and you know, there are, there are season expectations that are influencing the way some of these lines were, uh, were originally lined and then bet into that you have to divorce and try to focus specifically on the matchup. And that's really all I have in terms of, you know, advice for, for week one. Um, Caleb, is, uh, is there uh, a process that you went through uh, in putting together your card for this week? Is, did you just kind of uh, uh, start looking at the lines relatively recently, or have you been keeping an eye on certain lines that you've been, been looking to bet into uh, for weeks now? Yeah, I've definitely been keeping a, an eye on the lines. The problem is when you make those bets early, you don't know if key players are going to be in or out. Um, you know, let's say, for example, the Chicago Bears. Um, they get Khalil Mack. Will he start? Um, the Raiders, were they as good of a number at plus four as they are now without Khalil Mack? So you're really taking a risk when you bet those games early. I think you can get a lot of value for some plays, but you also have to take into account that there are some things that happen before the game just leading up to it that can really impact the number. I like that. During a normal, regular old NFL week, uh, do you get most of your action in uh, before the weekend, or do you do you like to be as informed as possible before you make your bets? You can you can honestly get relatively informed as the season's going on in the middle of the week uh, before the number moves. So it's a lot easier, let's say, week nine than it is in week one because the NFL season's still starting off. You know, you want to make sure that. You know, no games have been played yet, so you already know who's been hurt, um, who should start. But like you said, these lines have been out for months, so it, it's a different process when you're looking at lines for months as opposed to a week or five days. So uh, generally, when generally when the season's already started, I'll get those bets in early. But week one is special because, you know, like you said, these lines have been out for months. So I will generally wait before week one to get these in by probably Friday or Saturday. I like that. I like that. Okay. And, and there, there can be a point made too, you know, that some people will say like, the, Oh, the, it's a, it's such an efficient market and the good numbers are gobbled up. Well, just because uh, let's say some sharper betters or some people, with some bigger money are betting a certain way and moving a line that way. You might have a contrarian point of view to that line move. So in that case, the you know the early number may not be the best number for you, and your your take on the game, what you're seeing, whether you're using a model, situational combination of the two, if if you feel the opposite way of the of the sharp line move, and you're going to take a position, 
grabbing that early number would be dis, you know, dis not less than advantageous for you. It's, and sometimes it's better to wait and just wait yeah. for that number to get to get pushed to where you want to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm That's fully I'm, expecting. I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth. Like there's there's numbers I'm like, well, I want to bet this early in the week because I think it's going away from me. And there's sometimes where I'll sit and wait, and sometimes I'll sit and wait and I'll be wrong and I won't bet the game at all. Yeah, you have to let that go though. I, I think you have to. If you if you lose the best number. And uh, and you're playing that type of uh, approach. I think oh, you know, that's you, that's a super good point. Don't chase. Yeah, you, like, you, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for this to get to three. I'm waiting to get to three. It never gets to three, and you take yeah. it at a worse number just because you were so you were so wanted you know, so bad. sold on yeah. the play. Yeah, don't right. you know, don't go chasing something like that. So yeah, and that's you why do that you have to be solid on your stance because like if you get the best number, if you get the best number for where you are in terms of where you're standing on a play, then take it. But don't be a guy who chases steam because you think, oh, well, the numbers move this way, so this must be what the result's going to be. That usually Amen. gets people in a lot of trouble. You, you Just get the best number for your stance on a play. Keep it at that. Amen. I like um, it. Should we dig yeah, into I'm, the slate? Yeah. I mean, I, and, I, and one last point on this. I'm fully expecting to wake up Sunday morning and – like it's going to be just bedlam, like chaos. Like you're going to see stuff moving in different directions and be like, what the hell? What, what is going on here? Like it always happens early in the season. Just like it's, there's so much, you know, there's, there is so much um, just wild market activity on a Sunday morning. And, you know, I, if you could be the kind of person who just, no, it's fun to watch. And I, I stay way out of the fray. One, one, because I'm on the West coast and I'm a little, uh, I'm a little bleary eyed usually Sunday morning. Uh, but, uh, but two, you know, I like, I, I like Caleb's point. I take my stance. I make my bets earlier in the week and I, you know, try to do the best I can grabbing numbers that I think will have, you know, value by the end of the week. Uh, and that is that, uh, let's get into it then. Um, Thursday night football. They finally get to hang a banner in the link. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles and Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles take the field. Take the field to play uh, the Atlanta Falcons. And um, you got a team in the Falcons that is coming back to the uh, the scene of the end of their 2017 campaign. Uh, they famously lost in spectacular fashion. Uh, at the goal line uh, with four of the worst play calls uh, in the history of modern football by in one Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> in a row. <laughs> in a row. Uh, and uh, instead of salting away uh, a hard-fought road win uh, and putting themselves in the NFC Championship game, uh, the Falcons packed their bags and Philly went on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, that was a pretty faithful game. Uh, and so it's pretty awesome that the 2018 season opens with a rematch. Um, are you of the mind, Caleb, that there is any kind of a revenge angle here for the Falcons? We've seen them open this line. It was about, I saw most of the places it was Eagles minus four and a half, minus four. It's been bet all the way down to minus two and a half. It's even a juicy plus two and a half right now if you want to back the Falcons. Um, granted, a lot of that line move, uh, was on the basis of Wentz not being healthy for this game. Alshon Jeffrey's out for this game. Uh, Philadelphia has a couple other new parts that they're going to be trying out, uh, and a lot of influential money probably sitting, you know, holding Atlanta tickets right now. Um, but uh, are you a subscriber of a revenge angle at all here and in general? Honestly, I don't really like revenge angles. 
um, because I, I don't know. I feel like those are kind of one of those irrelevant things. You know, anybody can say, well, I want revenge. Well, I want a lot of things. It doesn't mean I can get it. <laughs> so, yeah, they want to win every game. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So I, I will say this. If you're not geared up to play week one of the NFL season, then th- this isn't for you anyway. So I, I think the Falcons <laughs> and the Eagles are going to come to play. I'm not, I'm not a subscriber to a revenge angle. Um, I really, I really, I don't know which one I want to go with, but if I had to pick a play on this game, I think I would go with the Falcons. And I'm thinking about putting the money line in as well. I think the Falcons find a way to win this game just off the basis of Nick Foles hasn't looked very good in the preseason. 16 of 26, two interceptions, didn't throw a single touchdown. Um, you have no Alshon Jeffrey for week one. You lose to Garrett Blunt and the Falcons, who we know they're going to move the football. Their biggest problem has been they can't put the football in the end zone, at least last year. They were 23rd in the NFL in touchdown efficiency in the red zone. You add Calvin Ridley, so I think you bolster an already amazing Falcons offense. I think they're going to get in the end zone. The problem is with both these teams, they're both backing pretty good defenses. Last year, the Eagles were fourth overall. Atlanta was ninth overall. So I'm looking at Atlanta and the under. I might just play one of those, but I'm not quite sure which one. Um, it, it's really tough to call. I, part of me really wants to play Atlanta because I think they're going to win this game. But I also see both defenses being really stingy, and I could see an easy under in this game. Yeah, that's a great breakdown. Uh, Andy, do you feel like the home field advantage for Philadelphia on Banner Night is uh, an equalizer here, or at least kind of tips the scales at all in favor of Philly? Uh, Maybe if it was a younger quarterback or maybe a younger overall team, I guess. But Matt Ryan will be a steadying force, I think. They have a good head coach. They have an offensive coordinator looking for redemption, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully he watched some tape from last year and realizes what he screwed up. Um, Caleb hit something on the head. Good defenses. Two good defenses. Low, it's not a total that's near 40, but 45 isn't the highest kind of total. And it fits right into the criteria for me to put it into a teaser. I lean the same way. I think the Falcons have an underrated defense, have a lot of weapons. It's tough going on the road, playing the best team from last year, but definitely plus two and a half into a six-point teaser for me. I'm, I'd lean Falcons. If I had to bet one way or the other, spread or money line, it'd be Falcons. But for now, it's just going to go into a teaser leg. I love it. Um, my angle on this one, and we're all kind of circling the same sort of uh, same sort of angles here, uh, but I'm all about the under in this game. Um, I like the first half under. I like the full game under. Uh, 45 points to me is about two to three points too high. Um, these uh, not only did these teams return relatively intact, uh, relatively talented defenses from last season. Um, but, uh, I feel that the Atlanta defense is on the come up. Um, we saw them kind of transition from a very, very, very offensive focused team, uh, two years ago in their Super Bowl, uh, when they, their Super Bowl run, not uh, Super Bowl win, uh, very memorably. Um, but, um, you know, they transitioned from full on offensive team. Full, 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 
full on offensive team to last year was kind of a transition year. And this year I would expect the defense to do a whole hell of a lot more of the load bearing. Um, they have a out, couple outstanding pieces in the secondary. Uh, you match that up against the Nick Foles squad uh, without Alshon Jeffrey with the banged up JGI, um, you know, with, you know, they, they, you know, clearly they have, um, you know, clearly they have the offensive approach uh, to win lots of games this season in Philadelphia. Uh, and as they kind of, you know, get Wentz back into the fold and get some of their offensive pieces back into the fold, I would expect to see, um, you know, expect to see a better offensive production than what we're what I'm expecting to see on Thursday. Um, so I'm interested here in under 45, grab that at minus 105. Uh, and I'm looking for a 21, 20, 23, 20 kind of game. Uh, and, uh, either way. Either way. Yeah. Either way. And, um, yeah, I guess for the purposes of, uh, of excitement in the NFC, it would be fun to see Atlanta get, uh, get a win here and, um, you know, make things more interesting in the NFC East. So, uh, good stuff. Uh, let's, uh, slide down to Sunday's card. Uh, I think the NFL did a really nice job of setting up a week one card that has lots of excitement and interest in both conferences. Um, there are not a whole hell of a lot of games that I just kind of wrote off. Uh, the one o'clock oh, yeah, I know. I saw on your card. Sunday, <laughs> the one o'clock games on Sunday is going to be all time, uh, all time red zone. There are fun games across the country. Um, we're going to start at the top Vegas rotation number, uh, 463, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and probably not Le'Veon Bell. Uh, head to the Cleveland Browns uh, to take on a completely new look offense, uh, ironically coordinated by their old offensive coordinator, Todd Haley. Um, Terod Taylor uh, and company in Cleveland uh, look to get their first win in like a year and a half, um, you know, against uh, the perennial uh, AFC North powerhouse Steelers. Um Surprisingly, the uh, the Browns are taking an enormous amount of money in this game. <laughs> they opened this thing minus six. It's been bet down to minus three and a half. Uh, a big chunk of that move was based on the Le'Veon Bell um, that was, likely that scratch. Was baffling. Like, yeah, uh, what, what do you make of that? I think I think you really hit on something with like the Sunday line moves. How the public. <laughs> And there'll be people that argue that public money doesn't move it, but I think enough money on one side will move anything unless, unless the book really wants to take a stand or take a position, but it, it had to be some sharp money too, which is surprising that they overact overreact quite like this, but I don't know if anyone really thought Le'Veon Bell was going to be a big part of week one with this lengthy holdout. Now, now that it's pretty much, you know, written in stone that he's not playing, it's, it just took a huge jump, which is almost tempting. Like, boy, if, if you like Pittsburgh at minus six, you'll love them at minus three and a half. <laughs> yes, you will. Yeah, if, if yes, if you will. Changed, um, I don't love their defense. I, it's one I'm staying away from just because, yeah. oh, man, they gave up. after. If you don't count the game that was partway through, after Shazier went down, they gave up 28 points per game. And it Which, wasn't. And some and, of it was against bad one, offenses. Too. One game, one of those games, uh, the Texans only managed to score six on them. 
because the Texans offense was such shit last year. So that brings the average down a little. If you throw out that outlier, it's it's much higher. I mean, just look at the playoff game where they gave up 45. They gave up a bunch of points after that. He was such a key part of their defense. And between that and the defensive secondary, like, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to run to back the Browns because it's just proven to be such a bad idea, especially at a shittier number. But right, the, the way that Cleveland has added, you know, a less bad quarterback and a few more offensive pieces, like that defense feels like it's going to give up some points. Yeah, like, I, yeah I don't I am not excited about backing Pittsburgh. It, it feels like Pittsburgh's D offense is much better than, you know, a uh, Cleveland defense, even though I do rate the Cleveland defense a little higher again. But Pittsburgh has a lot of offensive weapons, and Cleveland has decent offensive weapons against a bad defense. So I think advantage to both offenses, and in that kind of game, I don't feel like laying points. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, Caleb, you got Big Ben heading to Cleveland, uh, a stat which we've talked about in the offseason, Big Ben, the winningest quarterback ever in Cleveland Browns Stadium, which is just shocking and and appalling, but uh, here we are. Uh, are you interested in getting involved on the Steelers on a short, potentially a short overreaction kind of a number, like three and a half? No, honestly, before I was actually leaning Cleveland when they were plus six, um, but I stayed away. I think the Browns are going to be one of those teams that you see on the field that, you know, last year people wanted to bet the Browns because it looked like the sharp play. I think the Browns are going to be honestly a pretty good Team as far as you know what Browns fans have seen over the past I think this is a potential for a six seven win team to be honest I think they've already been good against the run last year like you said you add Tyrod Taylor to a mix now you get a quarterback who's been in the league for a while so you know I, I think the addition to you're going to have Carlos Hyde you're going to have Johnson and, and those guys and now you add Chubb Nick Chubb to a team that I think is going to be really good running the football also on defense, the Browns, they, they add they add Denzel Ward from the draft. They draft him and then Demarius Randall from the Packers to kind of bolster that secondary. Like you said, Le'Veon Bell being out of this game is, is really going to hurt them. I think the Browns are going to keep this close enough with their running game because I don't think the Steelers' defense is, is like you said, very good at all. I don't know. Three and a half, though, is pretty short of a number. This is one game that I'm definitely going to be staying away from, but it wouldn't shock me if this was that one game that we talked about at the beginning of of the podcast where you go, man, how did that happen? I think the Browns have a really good chance of beating the Steelers. Yeah, I like this. I like this breakdown, but we all sound like we kind of agree on one important factor, which is that like, you know, and, and anyone listening, if, you, if you've been abused by the Browns over the last two years, uh, they need to kind of prove it, that they have their shit together before you put money on this team. And as good they, as... Yeah, they have as a girlfriend as, that has cheated on you a bunch. <laughs> she, needs, she needs to prove that she's yes. loyal. Yeah, right, In right, fact, right. don't take her back. Yeah, because they have... <laughs> boy, they have ripped some hearts out. That, that fumble sack touchdown... <laughs> At the end of the one game, I wasn't on it, but I knew some people that had some decent money on Browns and Browns second half. Like, oh god, how do you how do you manage things like that to lose ball spreads and just such freak plays? And and I, a good point was the the Tarod Taylor. Like Kaiser was historically bad for not only turnovers but turnovers in the red zone, failed red zone, you know, just 
red zone efficiency as a team, some of the play calling was kind of suspect, but it was like it, if you get a normal team down to like the 25 between the 25 and 30, you feel like they're going to score with the Browns is like, man, how's the other team going to score off this? Yeah. There was so many turnovers once he got into plus field position. And I think just having a guy who's much more ball secure, the Cleveland's going to score a lot more just based on they're going to have more drives that don't end in turnovers. Yeah. And on top of that, a ton of the, a ton of the issues with Kaiser was Hugh Jackson was doing a lot of the play calling. He was asking, he was asking Kaiser to do things he couldn't do and just, just, just ridiculously dumb high likelihood of turnover type of play calls that just completely backfired over and over again. Uh, You put Todd Haley in there now likelihood that he runs a more effective game plan given his weapons, I think is high. Uh, But on the other side of the ball, Greg Williams is still running the defense. That guy is an enormous liability. Uh, you, you know, it wasn't the the Browns had the you know the worst, if not one of the worst, pass defenses last year, and it wasn't because of their talent. They had a good pass rush. They had decent skill players in their secondary. They just called a, like a laughably bad defense that gave up third down conversions at a rate that was nearly impossible. And you know, to the degree that Greg Williams is better now, who knows? But um, you know, my initial look just just given the fact that I still am not a buyer in the Cleveland defense. Uh, and I will never be a buyer in the Pittsburgh defense. Uh, I wanted to get involved in the over here. I felt like it was a pretty low, uh, pretty advantageous number. Um, but I'm out on that now looking at the weather. Uh, it looks like we're talking about 20 mile an hour type of winds there in Cleveland. Um, that's pretty close to the magic number where things just start to fall apart and your kicker can't make kicks and your, you know, your, your passing game is handicapped and you can't, you know, throw more than 15 yards down the field. Uh, which to Rod Taylor has not necessarily shown the ability to do anyway. Um, so it's uh, it's a pass for me, uh, but uh, but boy, did I want to take that over. Oh, man, it kind of stings passing on it, but I think this is a good call with the weather being a question mark. Um, let's move down the card. Andy, your Minnesota Vikings and new look with uh, Kirk Cousins under center. Uh, under center question mark, which center? Uh, a lot of question marks on this offensive line. A lot, a lot of yeah. question marks on this offensive line for the Vikings. They take on uh, Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Jimmy G is undefeated. Uh, yet he Christ. comes, he comes into Minnesota. He comes into Minnesota, a six and a half point dog. Is this too good to be true? Should, are we taking the points here this, with Jimmy G on the road? Gonna, this is going to be a theme for me this week. It's like Caleb alluded to earlier on. This is a very tough week. You're seeing a lot of faces in new places. And it's one thing to go get yourself a new fun wide receiver or grab a tight end in free agency or the draft. But when you have a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback, a retooled offensive line that's been getting hurt, and then you, you know, you're bringing back a running back that didn't get a lot of time at the offense last year. It feels like a stay away game for me. The Vikings are a much better team than the Niners. Six, six and a half is a lot, even at home. I don't know. I know what I'm getting out of the Vikings defense. I don't know what I'm getting out of the Vikings offense. And as far as we've been over this time and time again, Garoppolo's five games last year weren't really, I don't think they could be used in a predictive sense as a couple of them were against 
teams that were out of the playoffs, not playing for much. One of them was a team that was in the playoffs, playing for nothing, starting their backups. <laughs> I mean, there were, it was some, one, one was a game they won without scoring a touchdown. So, yeah, yeah. hard to grade out where Garoppolo actually is. This is an absolute stay away game for me. I wouldn't touch either side. Um, maybe, yeah, nope, this is. This is an absolute cross off. I, I start like crossing things off pretty quick. And that's going to be a theme for me on this week. There's going to be a few where it's just, I don't know what to do with these guys right now. Like uh, it's, it's scary to even try to speculate. Yeah. So to a degree, I wanted to take San Francisco in the points here um, because I feel like this kind of falls into the narrative of like, Oh, people are high on the Vikings. They're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, people think that San Francisco is over, overrated. The market is overrated them. Uh, and then lo and behold, you got a matchup where Minnesota's interior offensive line is lots of question marks. You have bad centers and guards um, on either side of, you know, the whole middle core there is, is, is tough. And if, you know, if San Francisco's young uh, D lineman can generate pressure, maybe they get a little inaccurate performance out of cousins and maybe, uh, maybe the Niners are live dogs here. Um, but uh, I can't really get over the fact that, uh, that Minnesota is as talented as they are on defense and they are as excellent as they are in that stadium. And uh, so I'm with you in terms of a stay away here, um, Caleb, but uh, the, uh, are you kind of in the camp here that the Niners are potentially overrated and Minnesota's the real deal? Or do you think there's value here somehow because of the perception? Honestly, you guys hit on every single point I was going to make. Um, <laughs> so, so sorry, man. No problem. Um, yeah, no, you guys, hit, you guys hit the nail on the head. The Vikings offensive line is the biggest question mark for that team. Um, San Francisco, you lose Derek McKinnon. So now you go in trying to run the football against an already stingy run defense and overall defense in the Vikings without Jarek McKinnon. Jimmy G last year, I mean, yeah, he was, he was, you know, that, that quarterback that everybody thought he had the potential to be, but I, I don't know. I think like Andy said, this is going to be one of those games again, where I just completely stay off. I think six and a half is way too high. Cause like you said, Will, I think this is a number where it's the public going, okay, the Vikings are at home, you know, San Francisco's good, but they should be at least a seven point favorite because they're at home and the Vikings defense is so good. I honestly looked at the under in this game because I think the Vikings Ooh. are going to really be stingy against the San Francisco offense. And I think San Francisco's defense is going to be able to get to the quarterback just because of those offensive line issues. But overall, yeah, I'm staying away from this game. I think there's a lot better games you can pick um, other than this one. I dig it. Uh, safe to say we're going to learn a lot about these two teams. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the Vikings are a real deal. I do. I, I think, you know, they're going to be that team to contend with in the NFC. It's just I, I have to see how well their offensive line, you know, is, is going to improve before I invest any money. Yeah, and that's I, the I'm thing here too. We can we can all have high high expectations for the Minnesota Vikings, and they could win the division, end up going deep into the playoffs, and be seven and nine against the spread. They don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mike Mike Zimmer doesn't care if they cover. You know that they they could be a team that's favored often and wins close. If a good defense is a good way to grind out close games, Minnesota might not be a covering machine this year. Often those defensive teams are like that, where they're winning by three, four, five points, and five doesn't happen all that often, I guess. But 
And that's the sort of team you'll see. Um, I mean, just go look at the Atlanta Minnesota game last year where they went on the road and it was like, what, 14 to nine. Like there, there might be some very low scoring games, even with the, the cousins hype and the great receivers and getting the running back back. It could, it could be a, it could be an under team. Like Caleb said, Dude, you could even run into a situation where the Niners win and it doesn't matter. Uh, that happened in week one, literally like th- three years ago, 2015, yep. right? Monday night football, the Niners awful. hung 20 to three on them. That was one of those where you wake up the morning, uh, you know, the morning after you're like, wow, are they a lot better than we thought? Are they a lot worse? Uh, turned out, no, no, the Minnesota was a playoff team and the Niners were absolutely trash that season. Um, but uh, yeah, so crazy things happen week one. This is an easy stay away. Um, I like uh, Caleb kind of making me think a little hard about the under. I'm going to give that another look. Maybe a first half under is a good look. Uh, an um, angle I played later in the season, too, was uh, when it was an offense I didn't love. Instead of trying to get the Vikings to cover, I played Minnesota's opponent's team total under two or three mm, times last year. Mm. And, I mean, they, every time I did it, it was so nice. It was uh, Brett Hundley and Mitch Trubisky two weeks in a row combined for like 10 points. One of them was a shutout. Those were all like, you know, 14, 17 point team totals at least. I want to say the 16 to 17 on both those. I'm going to have to go mm. back and look at some of those lines. But like when you when going halftime shutout, uh, yeah. you're feeling pretty lovely about things like that. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, next up on the card, next up on the card is one of my favorite looks of the week. Uh, I wrote about this in our friend Spread Investors preview. Uh, I think the Bengals are should be the team favorite in this situation. Uh, a whole hell of a lot of support here for Indianapolis, all on the back of Andrew Luck, who's finally playing. Uh, but I think the likelihood that we see a sharp and um, as good as he ever was, Andrew Luck, in week one is pretty low. I also think that there are two massive situational, uh, two, two massive matchup disadvantages here for Indiana, Indianapolis. I think that the Cincinnati D-line is the undisputed real deal one of the better d-lines in the league they're going up against a very 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 uh, poor indianapolis offensive line in my opinion i think that's a huge mismatch i also don't like the indianapolis secondary very much and i think cincinnati absolutely has weapons in the passing game that are worthwhile um nothing if you know if i had to think of oh there will be a surprise uh, it's basically just going to be questions about wait have we all underrated how good cincinnati is this year um you know the i could see a situation play out where they uh win this game comfortably i've taken the money line at a too good to be true kind of a price of plus 142 um do we have some disagreement on cincinnati uh running away with their week one spot on the road in indianapolis and i'll give caleb the first shot to shoot me down no Nope. Like you said, I, I think Cincinnati overall is just the better team. Uh, you know, you have Eifert, you have Mixon, you have now you have a the healthy John Ross. You add Preston Brown. So you've now bolstered a defense that's already really good. Drake or Patrick's the real deal in the secondary. And like you said, you already touched on Dunlap and Atkins. I mean, that front is really nasty. And, and like you said, against the Colts offensive line that a lot of question marks, right? There's three new starting offensive linemen on the Colts. You have a new head coach. So, you know, I, I get Andrew Luck is back, and I think that's where a lot of the hype is coming from. You know, Indianapolis at home, Andrew Luck's back, Indy minus three, and I'm not buying it. I uh, I actually like Cincinnati Moneyline as well. I think they're the better team. I think they have the better weapons, and they definitely have the better defense. 
Andy, do you think this uh, line moves into a place where it makes more sense to take the money line, or do you want three points here? It's starting to, but I've already bet three points. And by already, I mean like 20 minutes ago when we were talking <laughs> about this, because we were starting to see it move away from that. I ended up paying 15 cents a juice to get the three, but I'm uh, I'm always a proponent of taking some points on the road. I'm just a little... I'm a little scared about stuff like that. Andrew Luck still a he could be a very good player, but boy, Cincinnati's defense probably not getting the respect it it's deserves. We talked about this numerous times in the offseason pods about uh, Bill Lazor getting a full season offseason to work with the guys. Fully healthy Eifert, fully healthy Ross. They've got a couple of decent running backs. Overall, Cincinnati is a team that could definitely make a run for the playoffs. I I think if uh if things hold together and they just don't have the bad injury luck. And I, I think a big part of what was going wrong early in the season was, was the play calling. I like the move to get rid of uh what's his face. Uh, he's already disappeared completely from my memory yeah. because whoever they find Zampezi or something. Zampezi. Yeah, it was, it yeah, been it was somebody bad. They got rid yeah. of him and brought in the laser. So back <laughs> in the laser, three points, they might win outright. I'm a little more risk adverse when it's on the road. So I'm going to take the three. That is my first actual play of the of the season. Oh. I, well, I played a different one first, but this is my first one on the pod. Cool, cool, cool. I have uh, to, let's, I have to yeah, ask you guys the, the, the real question. Go for it. It's the over-under of Marvin Lewis keeping his job. Like, that, <sighs> that man could keep his job through a nuke. It's amazing. He's done everything, <laughs> and he is still there. I, yeah, I the, ownership, the, the ownership makes money. I mean, they make money, and they don't care. I, th- I think yeah. that's kind of the – I read something along those lines where as long as they're not embarrassing the franchise, like they've been above average and that's all they care about. Yeah, it's wild. It is I, yeah. He got he just got a he just got a huge new uh he just got a huge new deal. He's gonna be around for another five years. I, I no, they, it's, they, it's they, management management backs him. They they like him, they're fine with what's going on, and it's it's their philosophy, I guess. Yeah, it's it's I feel it's bad for you Bengals fans, trust me. We got the same situation <laughs> with our D coordinator here. So I I feel for you guys. Mm, okay. Uh let's move down to uh Buffalo, Baltimore. A classic, classic matchup of a team where a lot of buzz on the Ravens, potentially surprising teams in the AFC this year. Uh, A lot of buzz on the Bills, potentially going winless. Um, You had the Buffalo Bills uh, flirt with starting Josh Allen week one. Oh, he's going to be, you know, the future of the franchise. Let's throw him out there and see what he can do. Um, Nah, let's do Nathan Peterman instead. So we see Nathan five-pick Peterman take the field on the road in Baltimore up against uh, Flacco and a relatively uh, new look offense uh, for Baltimore. Um, I would have liked the opener here a lot. Uh, it opened at Baltimore minus four. That's been bet all the way out to seven. Chance we see plus six and a half. Chance we see plus seven and a half. It's uh, it's tough to say where this is going between now and Sunday morning. Uh, but I've scratched this one off, uh, even though um, this is a good look for Baltimore to get themselves into the win column to start the season. Andy, are you going to play this game? Oh, this one has the opportunity to make it into a teaser, which kind of counterintuitive playing a worse number as it keeps moving away from the opener. But if it falls into the criteria and it's, it's at a good number where he crossed seven and three, like I, like I want to do, I, I want to back Baltimore, but I feel like a schmuck backing it at such a shitty number compared to what it was a month ago, even. <laughs> so it, it might fall just 
I've watched almost all of Buffalo's preseason for some reason. And you, <laughs> they've been and on you a lot. Uh, yeah. can't glean a ton from the preseason, I guess. But man, uh, I really don't love anything about this team. They don't seem to have much for depth. I I thought they were going to start Josh Allen. I was almost mm-hmm. I was so mad because I had a bet on uh, him to start the season. And I thought I lost it, and I went and looked, and it was uh, I bet on AJ McCarron versus anyone else. So I bet on any. I I thought I bet on Allen, but I kind of did. That's why I thought it was going. But so Peterman Peterman pays my bet anyway. I'll take that. I think maybe and there's been speculation that they're just doing this to save him the embarrassment and possibly psyche shattering, uh, you know, experience of playing the Ravens, Chargers, and Vikings defenses to start your career. Because it's not like mm-hmm. Peterman has been uber impressive, but I don't think anyone's going to be super impressive in that offense. Ravens could win this one going away. I'm not going to lay that many points. I I have enough Ravens exposure for the full season. So <laughs> speaking of I'll Ravens probably, exposure, if I get, and uh, just a, I mean, real quick, another one. Like I said with the Vikings, and you know what? Shout out to longtime listener Dwayne, who loves his team totals. He's looking at that one too. And if this total gets bet up, because it's a low total, I want to say it's the lowest on the board. If there gets to be, if there gets to be some steam on this total and it gets up north of 42, you could see that Ravens or that Bills team total touch 17. And if that Buffalo Bills team total touches 17, that's a great underplay on that. And I think that's kind of what he's hoping for too. And I I, I like, I like that look a lot. 16 and a half makes me nervous. You end up, you know, you don't want to get nicked by a garbage field goal or something in the end. But, boy, if, if this gets bet up to 42 and you can end up with a 17 on that team total, I would be looking at a possible play on the Bills under there. I like it. Uh, you have an angle on this one, Caleb? And if not, uh, do you have expectations for Buffalo or Baltimore this season? Yeah, I'm actually looking at playing Baltimore minus seven. Like you said, obviously I'm getting a way worse number than anybody else. But I really like Baltimore in this game. I don't think Buffalo is going to be able to score. Uh, you have three new offensive linemen again, um, led by Richie Incognito being, you know, gone. So you not only have a new quarterback in Peterman, who I mean, we've seen what he brings. He throws a lot of picks against a ball hawk defense in Baltimore. Um, Joe Flacco, he's not the elite quarterback that some people will say he is. Um, but you had Michael Crabtree, <laughs> you had Willie Sneed and John Brown to that offense. And I really think Buffalo is going to have a hard time stopping the run with Collins being back there. I think Baltimore is going to win this one relatively comfortable, maybe in the double digit, like 10 to 14 range. So I'm looking at Baltimore minus seven, even though, like Andy said, I am getting a worse number, but I, I just don't see any way where they don't cover. Mm, you worried about uh, it, it getting up to seven and a half at all? If you, uh, if you want to, you suppose it's one of those that you'd want to grab soon because I think yeah, yeah, no there is one no, of those. It, 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 it it's anywhere, moving away. Move if it if it keeps moving, then I'll pass. Um, but like I said, I, I will wait till Saturday, Sunday, and if it gets too high, I might even look at throwing them in, you know, a two a two teamer, and uh, just rolling with it like that. But right now, minus seven. If it stays at minus seven, then I like it. If it goes any higher, then I think you're getting into that range where garbage time touchdown or field goal could really put you in a in a little hurt. I like that. Okay, uh, let's talk about the Jags and the Giants. This is maybe the most interesting matchup of the one o'clock slate. Um, I guess 
Vikings uh, Niners is pretty awesome too. But uh, you got the uh, the AFC runner-up Jaguars heading on the road week one to play a team that underachieved like nobody else last year in the New York Giants. Giants have a brand new staff. The Giants have a brand new shiny running back uh, in uh, Saquon Barkley. The uh, Jags uh, brought back Blake Bortles who has underwhelmed on the road in his career to the tune of a lot of losses against the spread. Um, Jags uh, were made the uh, the favorite here to the tune of three and a half points. It's been bet in the direction of the Giants substantially enough that they moved it all the way down to three. Um, it's, uh, it's a stay away for me just because of uh, the uncertainty in you know what we're going to see from Eli Manning quarterback of the Giants and what type of offensive approach the Giants overall are going to run here, uh, whether they try to feature Saquon Barkley to their own detriment or whether they have a more kind of, um, you know, modern NFL approach and he's a complimentary piece is kind of what I'm waiting to see from the Giants before I get involved backing them. I think the Jags still have a real deal defense, but um, I couldn't really find an edge on this game. Uh, and delaying points on the road week one seems like a death trap. So I will go ahead and pass. Uh, Caleb, did you take a position on this one or you uh, you on the sidelines with me? No, I'm, yeah, I'm passing on this game. Like you said, I, I really have to see what the Giants are going to do this year. They were hurt so bad last year. I need to see how all these healthy pieces come back and perform. Like you said, the Jacksonville defense going up against a weak Giants offensive line, I think is going to give Eli Manning a bunch of fits. I actually looked at the under in this one. I think both teams are really going to try to run the football. Uh, I think both defenses are going to show up and play relatively well. But, you know, like you, I'm not banking on anything, and I don't find an edge on anything, so I'm going to pass. I love that uh, point, though. When you see two offensive coordinators that you're expecting to do a run-first approach, you're expecting a shorter game by default, uh, and the under might be a good look. It's actually at 43.5, interestingly enough. Um, and uh, with some of the you know, some of the limitations on the Jaguars offense, especially in the passing weapon area, uh, that might be a fun one. Uh, this could be a field goal type of game. Uh, Andy, are you going to take a position on this one or are you going to skip it? Yeah, it's a skip. Um, it feels like one of those silly ones. Like it feels like maybe the Jaguars win and don't cover. <laughs> yeah, we, right, we, were, right. we were talking about this as being like a pro, maybe one of those pros versus Joe's games that you end up seeing where, the public just pounces all over. Oh, Jacksonville was in the Jacksonville was in the conference championship last year. You get them. They only got to win by three and the giants, they weren't very good, but, and the giants had such a turd bucket for a coach. And they had, <laughs> you know, everybody was injured. They've got the receivers back. Um, I'm not like going to try to talk up Eli Manning, but he can be competent at times. If that offensive line can hold up at all, the giants can stay in the game at home. I think. I, I don't want to back either. I don't want. I don't want to back that with real life money. But I'm not going to lay you know lay points with Jacksonville on the road at this point. We're going to see if last year was more of an aberration or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like this. Uh, are, you, are you guys okay skipping uh, Saints Bucks? Uh, we all think the Saints uh, get a win and kind of pick their number. When you heard what I, I said before. <laughs> you like Fitz magic to, uh, to pull magic. off a miracle. I do. I do not. I'm very <laughs> oh, low. Andy, Andy, Tampa Bay minus fourteen lock. lock yeah, I mean, I might, I might just play like an alternate, alternate Tampa Bay spread just for fun. But no, that one, <laughs> that one feels like uh, 
I have some, I have, I got the, speaking of getting the best of the number, I have Cutter at eight to one to be first coach fired. So Ooh. I hope they lose. Yeah. I hope they're embarrassed because boy, they have some, they have a tough stretch to start the season. Four out of their first five games are against playoff teams from last year. So hoping for zero and five heading into the Browns game and then Cleveland putting the nail in the coffin on Cutter. Ooh, that would be nice. Um, okay. Well, I think, I mean, you know, Tampa Bay plays New Orleans tough historically, uh, but uh, with the limitations. I have, no, I have no interest in laying that big number. No, no, no freaking way. No way. Um, let's talk about uh, the Houston Texans and the New England Patriots. I kind of made a pretty, um, I don't know, foolish statement about how confident I was in fading the Patriots weeks one, two, and three, just because they treat the first four weeks of the regular season, like an extended preseason. Uh, and they spent the last two weeks of the preseason on the road and they go on the road for the weeks two and three. Uh, this is their one home game in this five week stretch, uh, where they host Deshaun Watson, Bill O'Brien and company, uh, who have limitations on their team. Uh, but, uh, I think are a dangerous opponent here against the Pats. Um, the Pats in, you know, we saw a matchup of these two teams, re- almost like almost the same uh, rosters and squads overall. I mean, I guess there's a couple of new pieces on the Patriots and, and, um, and the Texans, uh, you know, I guess they've, they've got healthy D linemen back. Um, but uh, we saw these guys match up week three last year in Foxborough. Uh, the Texans came within three, decent play calls uh, of salting away that win and shocking the world as like 13 point dogs. Uh, And that was kind of Deshaun Watson's coming out part. He played very well in that game. I think he matches up well against this Patriots defense. Uh, This is exactly the type of quarterback that has given Bill Belichick in their defensive uh, strategy. Hell over the years, running quarterbacks have been able to kind of get, you know, extend drives and do well against this relatively slow team. Um, and uh, for all these reasons, I could see the Texans being a live dog up in Foxborough. Um, the number that I grabbed was plus six at minus one Oh five. Uh, I probably was a little premature getting there because the Patriots are the type of team that takes Sunday morning money uh, from your rec betters. And this could get out to seven. Uh, so by all means, if you're, inclined to back Houston with me, wait until we see a better number maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is a, maybe my softest, weakest position that I'm taking this week. And it's mostly just born out of kind of history of seeing the Patriots not play well against this type of quarterback. And in this type, this part of the season, uh, combine that with a, I think that Houston's D line has a nice matchup against the Patriots offensive line, uh, at full, full strength, full health. Uh, bulls on parade uh get to brady make it make him a little uncomfortable <laughs> bulls on parade um andy how stupid am i for uh fading the patriots in foxborough incredibly stupid <laughs> i don't know this is a tough one the, the defense was so sketchy starting the year out last year i don't see how they improved a whole lot uh and now they have a new coordinator so i think it might be a case of extended preseason again it could be close, but I also had somebody talking all week, one week about Tom Brady's come out and, you know, screw the rest of the league, man on fire, kill everybody mentality this season after after last year. So 
I don't know which whale. To, I don't know which whale to believe right now because they were. It was both you. No, I, he's gonna have. He's gonna make a comeback win by three points. That's by three how, points. That's how the yeah. scores, um, man. Yeah, New England. New England is a team that does get backdoored. It seems like too because they again they don't care. They just want to get out of there, get on to the next week with their win. That's true. That's Six true. and a half. It's it's a bigger number for a defense that might give up a lot to. Uh, Houston has nice pieces. Watson back, but this is another one where I. I really want to see what Watson can do because he's more of a mobile quarterback. Whereas like, and again, granted, I'm, I'm not backing Andrew Luck. I'm going against him, but with Andrew Luck, I think he can, he can acclimate himself a little more to just being a, you know, happy staying in the pocket, shorter drops, getting it done that way. And I think they'll game plan that, but Watson's strength is moving around. And if that knee isn't, uh, isn't feeling very confident. I think there could be mm. problems, especially mm. early in the season. Uh, it hasn't been a, it's yeah. not like a, an Allen Robinson where it's been a long time. I mean, what, what week was it that that knee went? Eight or nine, right? Yeah. I mean, it was mid, I want to say seven or eight. Yeah. It's mid season. So it's, it's, it's not been a full year and I'm just hesitant to back him until I watch it. Yeah, it was right around Halloween. Um, it, was, it was right after the Astros won the World Series, and our buddy Link was like, "You got to be shitting me!" The day after we win the World Series, oh, yeah, Watson get, get nice practice. <laughs> yeah, get get nice nice uh, Caleb, am I underrating my hometown heroes? Uh, no, I don't think so. You made a lot of good points, Will. I mean, this is a Patriots team that we've seen historically start slow, even at home. Um, and then you look at Houston and you have a lot of key pieces returning, but again, I mean, how well are they going to play off of injury? We don't know. So that, that's the, that's the problem of week one. As we said, it, it just adds into how tough week one can be because you don't know how all these pieces are going to perform. Get Tyra Matthews. So that's going to bolster a Houston defense. Um, I think Hopkins and Fuller are going to be a real problem for this Patriots, uh, uh, secondary. Honestly. I couldn't agree um, more. And if, and if Deshaun Watson is healthy, he's actually healthy, then uh, I do. I, I think Houston's going to cover. There's just something I, I can't fade Tom Brady at home. It's annoying. It, it, it is. But <laughs> I, if I had to pick a side and I had to put money on it, I think Houston find a way to get this done. I don't know if they'll win. I think Tom Brady always finds a way to win these games. But uh, Houston plus six, plus six and a half definitely would get a look for me. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Um, good breakdown, guys. Let's talk about. Uh, let's skip the Titans Dolphins. I have legitimately no angle on this game. I couldn't be less interested in this one. <laughs> let's move to the afternoon slate because I want to hear what I want to hear what Caleb has to say about the Chiefs. Uh, I'm loading up here on the Chargers at home, even with no home field advantage. Uh, the line is three and three, three and a half, depending on where you look. Um, I didn't want to lay the juice on three, which I think was about minus 125 when I was doing my handicap last night. So I've sold out to minus four for the Chargers. I'm getting plus 108 on that number. Um, to me, this is a bet on the Chargers defense being exactly as advertised, as good as advertised. And they're going to be able to disrupt uh, a guy who's effectively making his first start. I know he started week 17, but uh, he's on the road. He's playing against a Chargers defense that's going to be able to confuse the uh, confuse the offensive line in terms of their pass rush because they have so many players who are able to get after the passer. Uh, they have enough talent on defense that they're going to be able to uh, to you know create turnovers against Mahomes. And then on the other side of the ball, the KC defense looks like it's in disarray, and uh, Philip Rivers and company uh, can pick their number. 
covering by a field goalish. So I'm, I'm looking for like a seven seven point plus win here for uh, LA, and they get their uh, their 2018 campaign to win the AFC West off to a, an exciting and important win. This is a really important game. A lot of other games this week don't mean as much. This game means a ton, uh, and um, I think that the uh, the Chargers try to make a statement in that regard. And so I'm laying the points here on LA. Casey gonna gonna ruin my Sunday, Caleb. Are they gonna ruin your Sunday? No, no, uh, (laughs) no. Actually, Kansas City, Kansas City is gonna make my Sunday, just not in the way you think. I'm thinking the Chargers might as well. And I've actually looked at this being a two-unit play for me. I don't see how Kansas City. I don't see how this isn't at least a push. To be honest, I know Kansas City has the offense. We've got all the offensive weapons, but the offensive lines look terrible this preseason um i think like you said the chargers the rushing game is gonna their pass rushers are gonna get there and ingram and bosa there's just so many question marks around the Chiefs defense too i i know a lot of people say well it's philip rivers how can you trust philip rivers matt schaub went out against our first team defense and and shredded us if matt schaub can do it philip rivers can damn well do it so you're, you're looking at a team that's kendall fuller Justin Houston, Eric Berry hasn't even seen the field yet. He hasn't seen the field at all this preseason. So who knows how healthy he is. The safeties in the corners are in such bad position that we went out and got Orlando Skandrick, who is absolutely terrible, and he might be your number two option. So I think it's going to be a long day for the Chiefs, and Chargers minus three is just fine with me. Nice. Nice. Andy, are we going to make this a, 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 yeah, tri- a, tri- a triple? Consensus oh, oh, we, we've <laughs> not disagreed on much, which scares me, I guess. That's, <laughs> that always goes well. Um, Week one, but, we're all rowing the boat together. Um, this was, Whale and I got on and just chatted a bit before this because this is our first one of the year. and We kind of just took 10 minutes and went through it quick. And You stopped on this one and you pretty much talked me into it i haven't pulled the trigger yet but i feel like it's one of those like we talked about with the giants and jaguars where you know people want to or any of these teams where you want to back a team based on year-long expectations and boy the chargers if i want to play devil's advocate here there's no home field advantage it's it's a terrible terrible home field advantage probably the worst in the nfl and it still is the chargers like they're going to charge her up some at some point, but I mean to the other point, Kansas City's defense. Eh, I talked about it. Arizona's taking a step back. This is going to be a defense that's taking a huge step back with the with the subtractions that they made. I don't love anything about their offensive line, like Caleb said, and it's really going to take a big effort from the playmakers and the offense to stay in games. If the defense is going to play the way they've looked against teams with playmakers, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, Phillip rivers is a very good quarterback. I mean, they have a, they have a, I mean, they don't have their Hunter Henry anymore, but they just signed uh, one of the best tight ends of all time. We'll see how that works out for him. He's got to be about <laughs> 40, but Kansas or the chargers do have, the weapons to shred this defense for 28 31 it's going to be a, a uphill battle for Mahomes starting for you know essentially this is his first real game trying to start on the road and uh keep up with what his defense giving up that uh I mean that totals up at 48 and a half in some places people are I think people are thinking there's going to be points both ways here already 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's, there's merit to that. You know, Andy Reid, we've seen it a lot. He comes off of extra time to prepare and his team looks prepared. Uh, he's a great guy to back off a bye. He is a great guy to back week one traditionally. Uh, but kind of like I said, that in my opinion, at least, this is a bet that the Chargers defense is as good as advertised and that they are going to be able to put keep a lid on this extremely high-powered powered, uh, Kansas City offense. Um, any concern going against uh, Andy Reid week one for you, Caleb? Uh, no, honestly, I, I know everybody likes the week one trends. I'm looking at the matchup now. I, I just I don't see any way the Chiefs stop Melvin Gordon for once. I think if the Chargers just run the football, they're going to have a field day. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to stop him. And then we talk about Mahomes' first start. I think this is as tough of a first start as you can give him because a, a guy like Alex Smith, I think, fit what Andy Reid liked to do a lot better in these kinds of games. You're going up against edge rushers that are going to get to the quarterback. Mahomes is very happy feet friendly sometimes. So I, I think there's going to be a game where if they put enough pressure on him, he's going to make some mistakes. And I think the Chargers are really going to capitalize off of that. So I look at the turnovers. I look at the Chargers being able to control the game, essentially, with just running the football and then finding Dink and Dunks and then Philip Rivers over the top uh, here and there to uh, really put the Chiefs away. I think this kind of has a 20... 24 to 14 kind of game written over it. I, I think the Chargers, honestly, I think as long as they run the football, they're going to handle this one. Mm, okay. I like your contrarian angle on the under there too. Um, okay. Well, let's, let's go uh, Melvin Gordon over props. Yeah. That's, I don't think I've seen that. Props they're not up. They're yet. not, they're not up yet, but that's going to be one worth looking for. Um, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about places you don't want to play week one. Uh, you don't, if you're a Northern team, you know, if you if you've done your training camp up in the uh, up in the cooler weather of the uh, northern United States, uh, you don't necessarily want to go down to Florida uh, and play in the heat. If uh, if you're a team that's not accustomed to playing at elevation, you do not want to go to Denver. These are the kind of the two places that it really just absolutely sucks the life out of you uh, when you're not in like full on game shape. And lo and behold, Russell Wilson and company, uh, Seattle Seahawks, making their first this team's uh, first ever trip to elevation to play Denver Broncos and uh, and their new look offense with Case Keenum finally giving them stability on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, this was a bad line when it opened at close to a pick'em. Uh, it's been bet out to Denver minus three, which I think uh, reflects reasonably uh, the fact that these two teams are at least equal from a power rating standpoint. Potentially, that still doesn't capture the fact that Denver might be better than Seattle. Uh, power ratings wise and that there may be four points of home field advantage here just because it's at altitude and it's because it's 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 early in the season um all that said it's still tough to really line up and put a heavy duty play against russell wilson just because the guy creates magic uh but uh but this this seems like a no-brainer denver am i wrong andy yeah this is one i've played already i played it at um (laughs) I could have gone a little juicy at two and a half, but I played three at even money. I, I all all year long, I wasn't in love with Case Keenum. He was magic by accident. His receivers saved him a lot, but he's going into another situation where he has good receivers. They have a good defense. It's, I mean, Denver's just Minnesota light. The and and they have a great home field advantage. And honestly, this play is more more of an indictment of Seattle, I think, because. 
they did nothing to really improve the offensive line. They drafted a running back. They Baldwin's hurt. They lost Jimmy Graham. Their defense lost seven or eight pieces from last year. I mean, it's I don't know how people think this isn't going to be just a dumpster fire. If it isn't, <laughs> it's it's if some guys are really going to have to step up, surprise me, and Russ Wilson's going to have to have one of his best years ever because this will be one of the worst supporting casts that Russell Wilson ever plays with, especially on the other unit across uh, on the defense. I think three is pretty fair. I think the I, I think the Broncos get this done fairly easily. I'm not uh, I'm not too worried about a close game. I say they win by a touchdown or more. Mm, okay, uh, Caleb, uh, the Legion of Boom will be without uh they will be without Earl Thomas. They will be without Cam Chancellor. They will be without Richard Sherman. They will even be without KJ Wright, who got his knee scoped. Uh who in the hell is taking the field for the Seattle defense that is going to stop Case Keenum and his vast array of weapons uh from calling their number uh in this game? I don't think anybody will I think Griffin's going to be a great story in this game, but let's just say the Legion of boom is the Legion of gloom now because that roster is, is looking pretty bad. Uh, to be honest, I'm with you guys. I think Denver minus three here is a smart play. Um, I, I really think the Broncos are going to get it done. I don't know how Russell Wilson running for his life last year is going to handle uh, pressure from guys like, you know, Bradley Chubb, Vaughn Miller coming off the edge. I mean, we talk about some dynamic pass rushers. This is going to be two of the best guys to watch all year. I think Russell Wilson is going to have a long night. I think Denver gets this done, and I'm taking uh, Denver minus three plus 100 as well. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Um, let's talk about uh, an interesting one that I kind of feel like I'm on an island here. I haven't heard very many other people make a case for this. Uh, most of the betting action has gone the other way against me here. Uh, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys head to Carolina to take on Cam Newton and the Panthers. Uh, relatively uh, high expectations that the Panthers are going to be able to defend home field here, um, but I'm going the other way. I'm looking for Dallas to pull off the upset here. Um, I like a couple of things in particular about the way that these teams match up. I think Dallas's pass rush, uh, Gregory especially, is going to have an impactful game against the worst offensive line in the league uh, at Carolina. Um, Carolina has, I think they have sustained a cluster injury across their starting offensive line that is um, probably the worst cluster injury of any team in the preseason. Is that fair to say, Andy? Yeah, that's rough, although... Like, you know, maybe not having Matt Cleal starting, is that a bad thing? <laughs> That's a, that is a very good question, actually. He, his replacement player may, may be an upgrade because he is that bad. That's fair. Um, but regardless, uh, I think the Dallas defense is going to carry the day here. Um, and it's all born out of that one particular uh, enormously glaring flaw in Carolina's offensive line. Uh, and... Um, that flaw combined with North Turner calling the plays. Uh, I think they're going to, you know, I'm expecting, I'm, I'm expecting to see uh, an offense that asks Cam Newton to do a lot of seven step dropbacks. Uh, and, and, uh, and Gregory and company uh, with Dallas are going to be in his face uh, for as long as they, you know, they're out there on the field. Um, I like that Sean Lee is healthy uh, for the Dallas defense. Um, I'm slightly worried about the health of the Dallas offensive line. 
Although I don't see anyone across the uh, across the trenches from them that scares me in Carolina in terms of truly being able to generate a meaningful pass rush. Uh, and oh, by the way, I kind of secretly think Dak Prescott's not bad when you flush him out of the pocket. When he's out there rolling around, uh, he's been able to make some of his more impressive throws that I've seen at least through the years. Um, and so if he gets you know gets pressure up the middle, I'm not expecting you know him to turtle or throw it out of bounds. I would expect him to roll out and make plays. Um, and uh, I'm not really counting on Zeke Elliott or anyone in the passing game specifically to carry the day here. Uh, I simply think Dallas is going to be able to get just enough done on offense and uh, kind of win the day with defense. Um, Caleb, do you have a feel here either way on Dallas Carolina? No, I'm actually staying away from this game. Uh, I went back and forth. I'm actually looking at totals in this one, and I lean the under. Like you said, it's another case of offensive line um, you know, health. Khalil's hurt. Frederick's going to be out for Dallas. And then you have Martin Smith and, and those guys that are starting, but they're also starting with injuries as well. So I'm looking at both teams that are really going to try to set the pace and the tempo of the game with their running games. And I think, like you said, you know, once you have two teams that are looking to run first, it, it really slows the game down. Um, it kills some clock. So I, I'm looking at the under, but uh, so far, no official place for me. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, sounds good. That this one's. I feel like I'm. I mean, I like I said, I, I'm against the market a little bit on this one. This one's floated from two and a half out to three. Uh, I'm taking the money line here just because I want uh, want the price, which I feel like I feel like this is a you know closer to a coin flip game. And if I if I can get plus one thirty two on the money line, I'll take it. Um, let's talk about the Redskins heading out to the desert, playing the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this one is an extremely tough handicap. Uh, it has opened at a pick em, and it's pretty much still a pick em. I think maybe at one point it was like Arizona minus one, uh, but effectively no one really is out there running hard to the window to put a bet down on either one of these teams to win. Uh, we got a new quarterback in Washington and Alex Smith. Uh, we have a new quarterback in Arizona and Sam Bradford. Um, you know, not a ton expected out of either of these teams this season, not really a ton talked about either of these teams this preseason. Uh, and I think that makes this a little bit of a tougher handicap here. Um, but there's an angle that I love, uh, two teams with, uh, plenty of, um, skill on the offensive side of the ball and question marks on the defense playing indoors week one. This to me feels like a track meet. Um, I'm going to take what I think is pretty low total and I'm going to grab the over, uh, I'm looking at 44 ish here. Um, and you know, this is, uh, you know, week one, I think I like unders on fields that are grass. I like overs in domes and in protected situations. Uh, and this is uh, at a total like 44. Uh, give me the overall day. Washington's going to probably have uh, Reed healthy and playing. Um, and um, who knows? Maybe a revenge game for Adrian Peterson. Uh, he played pretty well last time we, we saw him out there. Oh, your arm's getting long with that reach. I like that. <laughs> how you get? How you going to hit this one, Andy? Because I mean, I feel like there's an opportunity here. If you I haven't bet it yet, but I let I lean Washington. I'm I'm just getting lower and lower on Arizona with what they lost in their defensive secondary, and boy, Sam Bradford. I mean, he doesn't have any cartilage left in that knee. They said, and he's he's like on the you know, the, or the, the varsity blues concussion watch, like one more and he's dead or whatever. Like if he gets <laughs> hit in that knee again, it, his leg might come off. He's, yeah. he's looked good when he's healthy, but uh, uh, Ryan care. What's it? Kerrigan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 
I mean, they, they actually have two decent edge rushers in Washington. I don't mind that defense. I like Alex Smith coming in, just kind of being like he became more than captain checkdown last year. He had some nice longer passes. Uh, granted, he he moved away from having all those fun weapons down in Kansas City and a more offensive coach. But uh, I actually am I'm basing this more on the defense for Washington. Uh, maybe um, am I a Jim Tom Zula guy now? I guess I don't know. I guess you are. I guess I am. But yeah, Ryan Kerrigan, Preston Smith. They have they had like twenty sacks together. I want to say, like they quietly had some nice edge rushing, and they just kind of had a a whole hum year. So they don't get talked about. But I think it's one of those teams that I'm a little higher on. I don't think in the NFC they're going to do a lot you know, getting going into full Washington mode here, but they're a team that's going to beat people and you're not going to, you're not going to see it coming just because it's, they're going to go eight and eight and win some games. They probably shouldn't have. And granted, that's not going to be one of them. It's a pick them. It wouldn't surprise me if either team won, but Washington's going to just kind of be a fly under the radar team all year long. I think, cause no one's really rating them real high. They're going to lose games. They probably shouldn't too. And that's going to keep their, keep them down there under the radar. I really think the defense steps up, maybe puts Bradford out of his misery immediately this year. And, uh, and I, I'm not backing it, but that's how I lean right now. I, I want to see if there's any movement. This will be something I would back closer to Sunday. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't love Arizona's offense. David Johnson could be something special. People forget like he was the consensus, you know, if you want to go fantasy, like he was the consensus number one in fantasy last year. He was supposed to be this guy that was going to get 2,500 all-purpose yards, and he, they didn't have him at all. I mean, they had him for like a minute and a half. He's something special, but it's awful hard without outside receivers, and their outside receivers are almost non-existent. So I'm yeah, not sure. uh, I'm not super excited about Arizona's offense. I think Washington wins this close. I think the line's probably about right, but I lean, uh, I lean to the road team. What do you think, Caleb, is your boy? Alex Smith going to start off his tenure in the nation's capital with the with the victory. Honestly, I'm staying away from this game too because, as Andy said, I, I could really see this going either way. I, if I had to pick a side, I'd actually lean the Cardinals. I just solely on the fact that I trust their secondary a little more. Mm. Um, I think David Johnson's going to have a good day running the football. So, really, I mean, if you're looking for a play, I would look into props more. Uh, David Johnson's that that back that's going to run the football and catch out of backfield. So, you know, if you can catch a number that's good for his receiving yards or, you know, receiving totals, I would look at that because he's going to be a huge part of the offense come Sunday with Sam Bradford being back there. I think you're going to see a lot of Bradford look into David Johnson for that support. And uh, I think he's going to have a good day overall. So I would lean more toward playing a David Johnson prop than touching any of the size of totals in this one, to be honest. Interesting. Okay. 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 Um, all right. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's hope that the, uh, that the turf is fast and that they, uh, that they convert in the red zone and that I'm not sweating out this over because, uh, I think, uh, I think playing indoors overs is, uh, is something that I'm, you know, I'm pretty psyched about. And there's, there's one more of those types of plays on my card for Monday, but we'll talk about that Monday. Um, Let's get into Sunday Night Football. Waiting all week. Waiting all week. Aaron Rodgers is back. They put Chicago on the very first Sunday Night Primetime game. Kind of surprising, I guess. Uh, Did they know something about uh, Khalil Mack that we didn't know in the offseason? 
this is uh, this is a weird one. I felt like to put in the prime time, especially seeing as how they opened the line minus seven and a half. So you're not necessarily expecting to see a particularly competitive game. We saw Chicago and Mitch Trubisky under John Fox last year have a very difficult time with Brett Hudley led Green Bay. Um, that said, this is a new era. Matt Nagy and company have a completely revised approach to uh, modern day offense. Um, the Aaron Rodgers led Green Bay Packers potentially going to have to do some growing pains out there in the field, getting, you know, getting into rhythm because this is a, a unit that has not played a lot of snaps together. Um, and all that said, I still cannot find the courage to walk to the window and bet the bears on the points. Uh, instead, I'm again, kind of leaning on a tried and true total angle here. Uh, and that is that these two teams are playing outside on a grass field early in the season and that we're going to see a relatively low total, um, is the, and the, you know, 47, I'm expecting potentially lots of public money on the over on that Sunday night game, which is something you see often early in the season. So maybe if you are under like me, you could wait until the time of and get even a better number. Um, I like 47, but I like 48 even better. Uh, and, uh, I got, uh, you know, I got, got high hopes for the bears this year, but doubt we see Cleo Mack. Um, how do you set up this handicap, Andy? I love the bears this year. I am so sold on them. Boy, that's right away going hot, hot on the bears. Fox was such a shitty coach. He did everything wrong with Trubisky. He didn't get to show any of his strengths. There was a game where he threw like seven times because they were, and they won that game by like two touchdowns. Bizarre, bizarre coaching. He was, I feel like he just didn't want to be there anymore. I love bringing Nagy in. I love the young defense. Obviously, I love the addition to Khalil Mack. They've got some playmakers on the offensive side. They brought in the receivers. They, I mean, they filled needs. They needed receivers last year. They bring in AR-15. They draft a guy in Miller. They've got some weapons in Cohen and uh, the, the running back that's name is eluding me right now because I'm so excited. Absolutely love the Bears. I have them at 50-1 to one to win the NFC. I want them to make the playoffs so that I can make me some money. So I will be betting the Packers in the teaser. Hmm. Okay. All right. I love them to death, but, boy, it's still a young quarterback going to Lambeau. You get a better against Rodgers in his comeback game here. Fully healthy. I, I feel like – I feel like backing the Packers at a big number is a little sketch, but I really like him in a teaser here. I think the Packers might have something with those young quarterbacks they drafted. Um, I don't know how the Jimmy Graham thing's going to work out. Obviously, he's probably a Hall of Famer, but he's he's a little longer in the tooth, and you know you got to make sure got to make sure he gels with the offense. Uh, Cobb's always dinged up. They lost Jordy Nelson. You got Geronimo and uh, Devontae Adams is stud. It could be a pretty good offense if the offensive line holds together. That's been the Packers. I mean, they've had a plethora of issues. Obviously, getting Rodgers hurt is going to derail a season in a hurry. But the, the offensive line staying together, not going down every single game, will go a long ways for them. Um, yeah, Packers in the teaser with the first game. So first game in the last game, the Thursday and the Sunday night, I'm going to be teasering together. The dog mm. in the favorite. Okay. I like that. Uh, Caleb, do you have a side here that's, that jumps out at you? No, I think the number is way too high, to be honest. So I, I would say if I'm if I'm going to lean the side, I, I think the Bears can at least 
hang in this game enough. Um, I'm seeing it right now at minus nine. And like you said, I, I think that number is really high. So I, I think it should be more around six and a half or seven, but I, I'm completely staying away. Again, I, I'm not going to fade Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. Um, Chicago, again, uh, Khalil Mack's probably not going to start. And even if he does, I mean, he doesn't know the system quite as well. So I would say if this was later in the season, I would definitely be on the Bears. But to start, I'm I'm going to just sit back and uh, see how that's both a, teams That's are. a good point. Like, yeah, yeah if this was, yeah. if this was halfway through the year, and Trubisky had some reps with the new offense, you know, full yeah. speed regular season, and it it is nine at five dimes with their teaser protection horse shit. But there, <laughs> there's but like where I'll, I'll be taking it over at sportsbook.ag where it's it's seven and a half at with normal juice at a, at a few books. So yeah, nine, nine's a bunch. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be going running to the window with that, but uh, I will, I'll be teasing it off seven and a half. Okay. And, yeah. Okay. I, I, but I liked what Caleb said there. It, sometimes, sometimes the time of the year matters quite a bit as far as, especially with the, you know, we've talked about quarterbacks going into new offenses, new offensive coordinators, new coaches, just new, new situations. Sometimes something looks a little bit better once it had a little more time to gel. I feel you. I feel you. Okay. Well, that's kind of why I like the ender, I guess. I didn't really explain myself very well or make the case very strongly. Uh, but uh, I think both offenses are going to have a little bit of growing pains in this game. And I think both defenses are better than people think. Uh, I agree with Andy 100% that the Packers made two brilliant secondary draft choices and that those guys are going to give the Chicago receivers who are a bunch of free agents and I kind of don't feel super strongly about they're going to give those guys hell um I think Chicago is mostly going to have to get their work done moving the ball on the ground I think uh they're going to have to you know convert field goals uh and uh, get a little bit of luck here to um to be competing in this game and um and the Bears defense quietly I think you know with or without Mac I think we were looking at a top half of the league unit um they sustained a ton of injuries last year, but they managed to, you know, to scheme their way uh, into being competitive in a lot of games. Uh, and I think that a year, a, another year of experience and some new pieces and new talented pieces like Roquan Smith and eventually Mac, I think you're talking about a Bears defense. It's going to be pretty good. Uh, and uh, for all these reasons, 47 to me was not a great number to hang as a total. And I will take the under halfway. Um that was great, guys. Good job. Did you see, uh, said everything. Just, we didn't even have buys, and we ripped through that. I know we did. Well, we, we, agreed, we agreed on so much. I'm worried now. Speaking I of guess kicking I've, ass, though, I've only got the, I've only got a few plays, but boy, yeah, we agreed on one. Everything was rosy on him. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, team got uh, team bagled Nadal. What the hell? Tennis I, I, is wild today. It's, tennis it's is hot. wild. You, know, you talk about when you talk about a place you don't want to go down to Florida in uh, August, September. You don't want to go to New York City right now. <laughs> this last week, or so, <laughs> just nasty, humid. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, Monday's um, uh, Monday's games. You got two on Monday with the Jets at Detroit and uh, the Rams at the Raiders. And uh, yeah, we'll I have plays on both of those, and we'll touch those on Monday when we come back and do our Monday pod. Um, but uh, I have to extend a warm thank you again to our spectacular guest, Caleb. Uh, thank you for joining us on week one. It was tough, but you did a perfect job. And uh, I think we've given the people um, an outstanding 
handicap on on their way into a successful week one. Um, do you have any thoughts on the season at all, uh, overall, that we didn't cover? Uh, or a, a prediction you want to make to be on the record? Yeah, uh, yeah I think deep, that was a, we, as a, we talked as a about deep that dive a guest. little up here. Like, once we get all these different voices throughout the year on our, on our midweek pods, definitely want to hear some, I don't know, tips or methodology or something you want to share as far as, you know, especially early in the season, maybe something people should be looking for, looking at in their handicapping process. Yeah. So actually when we were talking about how tough week one is, I would say week two is actually a gold mine for finding good numbers because Ooh. week one is the first time that you've seen week one is the first time that you've seen all these teams perform. And that's when you're going to get the most overreaction. You know, let's say, uh, for instance, let's say the Chargers go out and destroy the Chiefs, right? There's a lot of people that go, okay, so this must be the real Chargers. Like, you know, they've shown what they can do. So week two, if the number's inflated, you might get a lot of people that will go toward that number. And then, you know, if you if you have a stance on the opposite team, you can usually get better numbers that way. So as hard as week one is, um, I know a lot of people don't want to do this because it's week one. You want to bet the NFL. Um, but what I'll be doing is I'll bet a few games, but I'll really be taking week one in and then putting it toward week two to try to find better numbers on teams that I think are undervalued. Oh, that is such a great call. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I loved Over, it. Overreaction week. That is, that's actually something I was trying to look into. Didn't get time. Um, I want to, I want to do some research going back on that as far as teams that are favored this week that end up losing and how they perform next week when, you know, yeah. people are, yeah. Oh man, they, they suck. They were over overvalued. This team's not any good. And I think, yeah, you're going to see some massive overreactions. That's a super sharp point. I like that I, a lot. I really, now I'm going to be cheering for certain things to happen so that I can <laughs> you, get stuff. You can't force too. the overreaction. I know, but I want to like, like, let's say, like, let's say the Giants just hang one on the Jags, right? Like what, what are the Jags open hosting New England, right? They're going to like, right now the look ahead would be like two and a half, but if the Giants like take care of business and beat the Jags outright, uh, you could get an even more inflated number there uh, to back the Jags hosting the Patriots uh, week two. Uh don't ask me why I want to do that, <laughs> but uh, yeah. here we are. Uh, similarly with Tennessee, like hopefully Tennessee can lose to Miami and we can get some get a get a really good number with them at home against Houston week two. Um, ah man, good stuff. This was awesome. Yeah, I've been waiting for this all year. These were my. I love doing the previews. I loved all the shit we did in the off season, but the the week breakdowns my favorite pods to record i do half my handicapping while we're recording because we're just shooting stuff back and forth and i'm very 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 jacked obviously for week one <laughs> right on well uh caleb thanks again for all the all the uh all that you do not just uh helping us on this pod but uh being such a sterling member of the gambling twitter community and um best luck this season guys and uh yeah, we'll we'll be circling back to get you to do some more content with us because we love talking to you. Hey, it's a pleasure's mine, guys. I really enjoyed uh, I enjoyed coming on and talking to you guys. And uh, let's let's get this thing started, man. Let's get this thing started. Get the helmet strapped on, and uh, let's play some football. Yes. All right. Best of luck, guys. <laughs>